Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. The second that episode was over, the first thing I did was Google Usher's remaining dates. Like we, I'm sorry, we have to go to that. We have to go. By the way, what's really funny about them going to Usher is that the time in between they were there for Chris Appleton's wedding to when they came back was approximately four days. I know, but (laughs) you know how we always say like we treat certain restaurants like the diner? They treat going to Vegas like that. You know, it's, it's so not a big deal for them. Just hop on the plane Quick night. Kim has to be back for her spray tan. I was so stressed about Kim missing that spray tan. I was like, wait, you're still in Vegas and the spray tan is in 45 minutes. Like, what are we doing here? I wasn't stressed because I just knew she would make it. And if she didn't make it, I knew she would have someone there at 2 a.m. for it. But it's, okay. (laughs) I don't know if this is how we should be starting the episode, but like one of the things that I fucking love about Kim, and I'm sure a lot of people would make fun of her for, but I don't, I respect it to my core, is how completely shameless she is when it comes to prioritizing vanity. Like she will look Usher in his eye and say, I had an amazing time here, but the reason we can't say is because I need to get a spray tan because that is important to me and that is a priority. And her ability to do that and have no one be able to say a fucking word is so baller. I... No, the sheer fact that she has somebody on call to give her a 1 a.m. spray tan is, it's not something I've ever thought of before. And it's not to say that I wouldn't have assumed that she could have had somebody anytime, any place for any service that she wanted. But the sheer fact of Kim going, yeah, a 1 a.m. spray tan is the thing that works best with my schedule. And then somebody being able to fully accommodate that is insane. And then you add on top of that, the fact that she went to Vegas and had to be back from Vegas for that 1am spray tan. Like that is not anything that anybody does. There are things about Kim 
that are so Kim specific. Like they're not celebrity specific. They're not Hollywood specific. They are literally, they're not even Kardashian specific. They are literally just Kim specific. I know. And I really fucking get it because I feel like if I was her, that's exactly the kind of shit that I would do. I really get it. You know, and she's now like, if there's a will, there's a way. If I want to get it done, I'm going to get it done. Well, that's the Chris Jenner mindset. Right. But also there are things that, like you said, not just other famous people, other Kardashians don't want or don't care about or don't prioritize. You know, everyone has their things. And she just, I, I just fucking love that woman. I do not care what anybody says. I know we were just talking about that at dinner. We were. It's like crazy. I guess this is the episode out of the three we do a week where we always say this, like if you're listening to this, you're you're not hating on the Kardashians most likely unless you're hate listening. Like you kind of get it at least on some level. And so I, I feel comfortable to kind of like really just talk. And what we were saying at dinner tonight is like, Kim on some level every day takes up at least a moment of our mental space. Not saying like we're thinking about her all day, every day, obviously, but at some point throughout the day, whether it's because you see her story, because you're walking down fifth and you see the giant Swarovski skims billboard, because you're walking past Columbus circle and you see her at the, at the face of Stuart Weitzman or for a, a whole host of other reasons, at some point throughout the day, Kim is making her way into our minds. And I don't think for me, at least there's any other celebrity that I think about on a daily basis. No, for me, there's not. Like even, yeah, there was ones that I was going to say where like, maybe they do, but it's not a daily basis. Like Kim is a, is a daily basis. There is never a day where Kim isn't in the news. There's never a day where Kim isn't doing anything. There's never a day where I walk outside my apartment and don't at least see one billboard of her or one of her products or, I, I mean, it's insane. Well, I mean, we're talking about for me, right? What's the first thing I do? I wake up in the morning, I brush my teeth, I get dressed. Immediately upon opening my underwear drawer, there's Kim. Right. Yeah. You know, so like immediately I'm starting with my skims in the morning. Wait, by the way, guys, sorry, I have to say a total side note. I, as I told you, I was going to buy the nipple bra and I did. And it got here today and I tried it on. It hits like, not that I'm starting to wear bras anytime soon, but I love it. I love it. And little pro tip, the nipple bra with the aloe stardust, this is not an ad, the aloe stardust zip up jacket, the ribbed one is like a look. I think that you should just be fully transparent and saying, it's not like, oh, I'm going to start wearing a bra now. It's like, you fully bought that for the Insta story. And I'd do it again. As you should. (laughs) Oh God, Julie, I can already tell this is going to be a ride. We're in one of those I mean, listen, (laughs) when you start an episode fully transparently talking about how often we think about Kim and then immediately going into the fact that you spent money on the nipple bra for the sole purpose of posting an Instagram story. Like there is a certain energy that you're automatically creating going into an episode. I know. And I'm kind of in that vibe. I'm, I'm really a huge fan of transparency these days. We also only left each other an hour ago. I was going to say. <laughs> and then we got into a fight. Because I would have walked down. Yes. No. Sorry, you were wrong on that one. I needed I needed to just have that walk to myself. You know, that's no, very I, important I see, to me. I see how it is. <laughs> okay, so this episode, listen, was it the most eventful? No. Is there plenty to talk about? Of course. A couple of my key takeaways, which we will, of course, get to as we go through this episode scene by scene, but Chloe and Chris's whole dynamic, kind of as a continuation of last week, but also totally separately, And then on top of that, 
the thing I was the most interested in was actually the preview for next week where the sisters have their individual sit downs with Tristan. I am so excited for next week. I'm like literally, well, the the fact of the matter is, is that we have the screener for it and neither of us have watched it because we won't let ourselves watch the screener for the week after we're recording before we record just so that we don't mix anything up or accidentally say something that was in the episode for next week. And so we both have the capability of watching it, but neither of us have yet. No, I will not watch the episode until right before we record. It changes the entire experience for me. No, same. Like there's a method to the madness. I don't know if there's a method or if we just think there is, but whatever whatever it is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I'm not fixing it. True. Okay, just one moment of timeline context I want to give everyone before we start, because anytime there's an event that occurs that has an identifiable date, we like to give it just so we're all on the same page. The Chris Appleton, Lucas Gage Vegas wedding was April 26th and Usher part two was April 30th. So as Julie said, these two events were happening within four days of each other. So figure we're talking, let's say a week to two week total timeline for this episode, something like that. They really got their ass right back to Vegas. You're right. They treat it like it's the diner. (laughs) So we start off the opening scene, the safely dinner at Emma Greed's house. Really the thing to note here is of course the conversation with Paris, which yes, part of the conversation is because this then leads Chris into creating the hologram. But that that was so not it for me. I, for some reason, even though we have seen them interact for years now, I am never not interested by the dynamic between Chris, Kathy, Paris, and then when Kim's there, the four of them together. But even without Kim, I just love watching it because these are people that go way back. Well, I just think the fact that like at the core of this relationship, they're literally just family friends is such a funny thing to think about because in this scene, for example, Kathy is talking to Chloe about having two kids and Kathy's saying like, imagine what it was like for me raising my kids in New York, trying to get them into a cab. Like it was such a wild time. And Chloe says, I know, I remember, I remember being 12 and 13 and coming to visit you guys and stay with you guys when you were at the Waldorf. And I think that the concept of them being family friends is crazy for two reasons. One, you just understand how far back these families go and that this friendship between them like predates what we know them to be now. But also when you think about the fact that Kim was Paris's assistant and her closet organizer, it's not like Kim just got picked off the street and Paris hired her. It's like There was a very strange dynamic that had to have existed there where Paris was not just hiring somebody to fill a role. Well, right. And I think that if you look at it from both of their perspectives, it's kind of interesting because on one hand, specifically after watching Paris in Love, I feel like we got some pretty good insight into the way that Paris works. And generally speaking, specifically given the way that things have gone down in her past, she's not overly trusting with bringing people in. You know, I think she's pretty careful about who she brings in very close. So I think knowing Kim since the time that she was growing up, her being kind of pre-vetted, them coming from a similar upbringing, knowing the whole family, I think on some level probably allowed her to feel comfortable with Kim entering her life in that way, number one. And second of all, when you look at kind of their falling out and the way that things went down, even though now they're back in a great place, it's not like Paris just had a falling out with her closet organizer slash pseudo assistant. It was like that on top of somebody that the family had a pre-existing relationship with. And we don't even talk about it from the perspective of Chris and Kathy. And I know they've mentioned it before. It's not like it's something that is never spoken about. I think they've said that no matter what, they've kind of stayed on good terms. I can't remember exactly when Chris spoke about that, but 
it does just complicate things when you think about it on a bit of a larger scale. It's an absolutely fascinating dynamic. I I wish more than anything that there was a reality show of all of them during the time that they were friends as teenagers. Like not even during the time where Kim was Paris's assistant, more so like the time where they were all living in LA as teenagers, like where Nicole Richie and Kim were friends. Like there is just so much like pop culture gold that will never be on earth because it was literally just their lives. But to us, it's like, oh, this is the beginning. And honestly, as much as of course, there's a huge part of me that would have loved to see that and would still love to see it. I think the fact that there was not social media is such a beautiful thing. Like for their sakes, it would have been a completely different experience growing up and especially now being catapulted into that world in a huge way, which of course is something they're very grateful for. I mean, it's the reason Kim's been able to be as successful as she is. Like, I am sure they think about that often and are consistently grateful. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So like I said, the opening dinner is at Emma Greed's house for Safely. Chris gets the hologram idea. Also to mention is that this event is after Chris and Chloe's kind of heated conversation last week. And Chloe says, you know, listen, we haven't worked through it, but I'm still going to show up and support no matter what. And Chris is kind of making comments to other guests saying, yeah, Chloe's mad at me. You know, we're not in a great place. And Chloe says something to her basically to the effect of like, listen, we're not doing great, but look who's here. I am still here. None of your other kids are here. I'm still the one that's always here. And I'm the one that you treat the worst, basically, in in other words. And I just find, and I said this to you at dinner tonight, and then I stopped myself because I was like, I want to say this on the podcast. It just, I find it so interesting that I truly believe Chloe and Chris are some of the closest out of the entire family. I really do. But it's almost like there's a piece of Chris that treats Chloe sometimes like a sister in a way, maybe not more than a kid. She very much treats her like her kid. But I I think that if I was choosing out of all of the kids, which one does she also treat like a sister? I think the answer would be Chloe. You said that at dinner, actually, and I'm still trying to decide if I agree with that assessment. Well, let's talk about it. (laughs) Um, It's not that I necessarily disagree. I think that they have a, a very interesting relationship in, in the way that there is a difference in the way that Chris treats Chloe in comparison to the other kids. There's also sometimes um, more of a softness that Chris approaches Chloe with in comparison to the others. Like almost like uh, she views Chloe as being a little bit more fragile than the others. But at the same time, there is also in terms of what Chloe says, like I wouldn't say it's like treating her worse than, but almost like, the fact that Chloe shows up time and time again and the fact that Chloe just is the way she is maybe sometimes gets a little bit um, taken advantage of, a little bit taken for granted. But I don't know if it's necessarily treating her like a sister versus treating her like a daughter. It's kind of a hard thing for me to articulate, I'm realizing, because obviously if I was assigning one dynamic, it would very much be mother-daughter. You know, Chris is very maternal to all of her kids, Chloe included. I think if I had to assign a second dynamic, I would also say there's a little bit of a sister-sister thing going on there. And it's really not meant critically. It's more so, I think if you were, I don't want to use the word ranking because that implies like a best to worst type thing, but ranking is the word that I'm going to use. 
all of Chris's relationships with her kids and we're putting them on a spectrum in terms of the most similar, most different. I would say Courtney is on one end and Chloe is on the other. And again, that does not mean worst, best. I think to me, what I, what I mean when I say that is level of comfort. Like I feel that when she's interacting with Courtney, for example, there's always a little bit of like, oh, what if I say the wrong thing? You know, kind of maybe a little bit more of a sensitivity there or just knowing that it's not as safe of a space for her necessarily. Whereas I feel like with Chloe, she feels 100% comfortable to fuck up really badly and know that tomorrow they're going to wake up the way that sisters do and it's going to be totally fine. I think that's what I mean when I try to use the word sisters, but of course that same dynamic could be assigned to mother daughters. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's translating, but that's how I'm feeling in my head. I know what you're saying. I understand. And you know, that's a comment that they've all made throughout the years of Chris thinking that she's one of the sisters. I think the way that I understand it best in terms of of the context of you saying that is Chloe kind of gets the sister treatment and Kim specifically, but maybe even, no, Kylie gets the youngest child treatment 100%. Kylie gets youngest child treatment. Kim gets friend treatment. Kim gets friend treatment slash business partner treatment. And then- yeah. But don't you think, okay, so then basically what we're doing here is assigning like a supplemental dynamic. Would you then say that Chloe gets sister treatment or no? Yeah, I think if we're putting it in those terms. it's it, Listen, the point that needs to be made abundantly clear is every single one of them is getting child treatment. Like Chris is a mother first before she is anything else. And she does a very good job at being maternal to all of them. I just kind of think I've never really thought about it in this way before, like almost assigning a second dynamic if you had to. And I guess that's the one that I would assign. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So that's just, you know, one thing to note, listen, as we said, Chris and Chloe are always going to be fine, but it's certainly something that needs to be spoken about a little bit more. And even throughout this episode, we see Chloe does not stay peak mad. She's kind of over it, but it does fall into that same pattern that Kim and Courtney were referencing last week in their joint confessional of like, one thing about this family, there's a pretty good chance they're going to sweep it under the rug. And you can't really compare the Chloe and Chris fight to the Kim and Courtney fight. We're talking apples and oranges. However, it does go to show that I don't think any of them really have an overwhelming problem with that being the method because it's been the method that's worked for a lot of years now. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting when a communication style like that becomes standard among a family or a friend group and then everyone kind of adjusts and it becomes the norm. Whereas as an outsider looking in, to me, that's so unfathomable. Like I I don't understand how you could have a relationship as close as they are and they are all really, really close and then still want to sweep it under instead of like really getting to the root of it. But I think it's one of those things like we really just all handle things differently. Right. And that's one of the things about having a really longstanding friendship. And of course, one of the things with families is that when you've done something a certain way for so long, like your entire lives, to do it any other way feels completely unnatural. So if you've spent your entire life sweeping things under the rug, the idea of sitting down and getting to the bottom of something and really exploring that and really expanding upon that. Like that doesn't just happen because one day you wake up and you decide that's how you want to handle a particular issue that like requires a lot of intentional change. 
Totally. And I think it's really hard when you're talking about a big group like this family, and it goes for friend groups as well, when let's say one person wants to start to make that change and no one else really does or other people are resistant to it because it takes, I mean, more than at least two to tango, I should say. And so, you know, not not to say that... <laughs> I, I want to be careful in, in making it sound as though I think that Courtney is on like a whole other wavelength because I don't, even though sometimes I think that's what she communicates. Like I can understand if there are certain ways that she wants to potentially change or implement new things that she has maybe picked up in therapy or whatever it is. Like I can imagine that being frustrating when maybe everyone else is really accustomed to how it's been going because it's worked thus far. Right. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. The wait is over. That's right, season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all new season of the Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Okay, so the next scene we have Kim in Glam with Chris Appleton, which ended up being one of my favorite scenes of the episode, even though I guess nothing overly monumental happened. But they start off talking about the engagement and they then go to a joint confessional. And they're kind of just talking about how long they've known each other, reminiscing. And Chris is saying, I remember the exact moment I met you. He's like, it was maybe six years ago in Bel Air. He goes, and as you walked in, you said hi in that voice that you have. It's like, you don't talk to me like that anymore. It was slightly higher pitched, friendlier. It was the OG Kim. And she then imitates the voice and it was so spot on. Like she knew exactly what he was talking about because that is so clearly a voice she has used so many times before. And the conversation about how their voices have evolved over the years is something that they've spoken about constantly. I just love everything about their relationship, especially because... They really have formed this very close bond, but it's one of the few relationships that we see that Kim has where it's not like Chris entered her life when she wasn't famous and has been on this journey with her. It's like the fact that he entered her life in this period of fame and they've been able to build the closeness that they have has been really fun to watch. I always, always, always think about their relationship and I'm always like, 
I wonder if Chris Appleton is like, if there's an event and JLo and Kim both need him and it has to be at the exact same time, like what does he do in that circumstance? I always think about that. I swear to God, I think about that more than the average person. I, I really do not know. That is a really good Roman Empire answer. Honestly, if you were to ask me how many times that thought has popped into my head in the course of, let's say, a month, I would say easily in the course of 30 days, at least six times. Okay, so my answer to that, which is a little bit more general, is just celebrities and their hair journey. Meaning, you know, you can watch Kim, let's say she has seven events in seven days and her hair will be different lengths, different this, different that. What is going on there? Is it extensions? Is it a wig? Is it a weave? What is her real hair like? like? I'm so curious about the process that goes into the hairstyling, not just with Kim, with celebrities across the board. You know that tweet that we posted today that was like the handshake emoji and it was like space, the ocean, none of my business. That's how I feel about celebrity hair. Like that is none of my business. It takes a lot to do those sign of updos. No, it's really something. What I loved about this scene also was the way that it obviously was so centered around Chris and Lucas and their engagement and their relationship, but also at the same time, like it really related back to Kim and things that her and Chris had spoken about in regards to both of their relationships and where they saw both of themselves. Like Chris says in the scene, like I went from never thinking I was going to get married to now being engaged and doing this whole thing. Right. And Kim says, isn't it crazy? Cause I feel like I'm just as crazy and insecure as you. Isn't it crazy when we can be so not sure? Cause you're second guessing yourself and it just shows you not to. And Chris says, yeah, you were like, don't forget you're the prize. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But my response to that is like, first of all, yes, a thousand percent healthy message to anyone. And at the same time, Kim, as much as you are saying that message, I hope you're also receiving it of like, you recognize who you are here, right? Is there anything that's at all comforting in terms of hearing Chris Appleton and Kim Kardashian, two of the hottest people that have ever walked the planet, both of them, talk about being insecure? Like, is there anything in that that you like derive comfort from? Or is it kind of like, all right, you too. I think that I'm very neutral on it. Meaning I am 0% annoyed by that. It's not like, all right, what do you two have to be insecure about? Obviously I know the way that I view them, but I also know that it really doesn't matter the way anyone else views you. It's entirely how you view yourself. And so to me, like if someone tells me that they're having insecurities, I trust them. Like that, that's not it, but I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm overly comforted by it because I think that, I don't know. I kind of just operate with the assumption that like everyone is on some level feeling that way, you know? Yeah. I mean, and also I think what they're referring to here is more about being insecure in relationships rather than being insecure like with certain aspects of themselves, although I'm, I am sure there are things that exist. I just always think that that's something that's that's interesting in general. Like, because you'll hear people say, you know, wow, even they have insecurities. Like that makes me feel so much better about myself. Or like, oh, it's so comforting to know that even somebody like that has their things that they're insecure about. And uh, personally for me, I, I I feel kind of like you do. Like I, I don't, it's not like I'm annoyed by it. I, I feel pretty neutral about it, but like, I don't feel like I would ever be personally comforted by hearing that fact. But some people really are. Totally. And by the way, whatever reaction you have to that is totally valid. I think for me, I just like really operate with the understanding that it almost does not matter the way other people perceive you. Like the thing we're all striving for is to have that really positive internal view because 
you know, you can get all the praise that you want, but like until you're looking in the mirror or forget about looking in the mirror, literally just looking internally and feeling really good about that, it, it kind of is irrelevant what anyone else thinks. Yeah. It's one of those things that you hear and it sounds so cliche. It's like, it almost feels annoying, but it's just like one of the greatest truths of life. Not to say positive perception isn't helpful. I think, yeah, who wouldn't want to be perceived positively by people from a looks perspective and also, you know, people thinking that they're great and enjoyable to be around. Like, obviously that doesn't hurt, but it so pales in comparison to how you feel about yourself. No, like literally don't perceive me. (laughs) (laughs) That was a funny conversation we were having tonight. Yeah. Julia, if you're listening, we love you. Okay. So this is when Chris says to Kim, you're going to think I'm crazy. And I said that I wouldn't do this without him because he wanted to ask you as well. So he starts to FaceTime Lucas. And as the FaceTime is ringing, she says to him, wait, you have to get a prenup. Can I mention that in front of him? He's like, yeah, totally. And she looks directly at the Hulu cameras and says, we want prenup. We want prenup. And Lucas answers the FaceTime. Kim's congratulating him. And she says, can I just give you one tip from a lawyer? Prenup, just super general. I think I can maybe even write it for you guys. And Chris says, we have a better idea. Obviously we can't do it without you being there. And she goes, I'm your witness. And he goes, how good would it be? And then says to Lucas, babe, you ask it. And Lucas goes, how good would it be if you officiated our wedding? She goes, the three-time divorce say you want to be your minister? Lucas goes, lawyer, minister, supermodel, let's do it. And Chris is saying that he joked about her being the flower girl. And then was like, wait, it would be fucking iconic for her to officiate. I love when Kim's people not only understand how iconic Kim is as a person, but like how iconic the roles she plays in certain aspects of their life are. Like, yes, it is iconic for her to officiate your wedding. It honestly would be even more iconic for her to draw up your prenup. (laughs) I was going to say, if she's offering the do it all. Yeah, like, could you imagine having a prenup drawn up by Kim Kardashian? That's something you tell your kids. That's something you tell your great grandkids about. I mean, talk about somebody that's drawing not only on, of course, you know, their, their legal expertise, but also personal experience. When she looked at that camera and said, we want prenup, we want prenup. Like, I'm sorry, I can't help it. Like, that's still like, I'm not saying it does something for me in terms of the Kanye of it all. But like, the fact that she even made that reference was like, I don't know. I guess sometimes I'm still able to separate like the old Kanye from it all. Well, I wanted to say that there were a lot of, not a lot, but there were multiple moments throughout this episode where you could tell she was saying things and there was emotion behind it even when she wasn't saying it. For example, at the very end, you know, post credits when she comes back on and one of the producers says something about like her with the bald guy, you know, referencing Charlotte from Sex and the City. And she's like, no, I love hair and I want a guy that cares about his hair. Like, yeah, that's a general thing that she cares about. But behind that was being pissed at Kanye. I swear to God. Yeah, Everything that Kim is looking for on this manifestation list and in this current iteration of life is, I don't want to say a reaction to Kanye, but I think it is Kim understanding her own worth and really zoning in on what she wants and what will benefit her as Kim Kardashian, the mom, Kim Kardashian, the individual, and less about what is going to benefit her as. Kim Kardashian, the figure. Because I think there was a period of time where that was Kim's number one 
thought. And it's not that there wasn't a period of time where Kanye fit into her life and seamlessly aided in all of those things. There really was. It would be incorrect to say that that never occurred. There absolutely was. They had four kids together. The beginning of their relationship was really beautiful. And we watched the beginning of their relationship be really beautiful. But by the end of their relationship, it no longer served her as Kim Kardashian, the areas of life that are the most important to her. And so I think that what she is clearly searching for is somebody that fits into her life rather than her fitting into somebody else's life or rather than her trying to come up with this whole new life with another person. Yes. I I think she is looking for the antithesis of Kanye West, truly. You know, even, yes, I understand she, I think in theory, would want someone powerful and successful and financially independent. So yes, there are certain aspects of his that I, I think are desirable for her, but the intensity that that relationship carried, and I'm talking the negative intensity, I think was traumatizing for her. And there are just the, I, I, God, I have so much to say on this. I like actually don't even want to get into this conversation because it will totally derail us. But I just have so many thoughts about this topic because I think it took a while for Kim to really kind of zone out and then fully realize what she went through. I think that in the moment, it, it, she, she couldn't process it all. To, to be actively going through what she was going through while processing what she was going through would have been too much to handle. She almost had to kind of go into autopilot to get through it. And I think that now, not that she's, you know, she'll never unfortunately be completely on the other side because they share children and they will always be in each other's lives to some extent. But being somewhat on the other side of it, I think allowed her to have a bird's eye view that was I'm sure in some ways kind of terrifying to really get in touch with what transpired, but also allowed her to have a lot of clarity for going forward. Like in the height of what was going on with Kanye, I don't think she could have given you as clear of a list as she can now. A million percent, a million percent. Yeah. Yeah. I also got to tell you, it was so crazy watching this scene after just officiating that wedding a few weeks ago and like knowing what it was like to be asked because it really is like the fucking craziest feeling. It's like, wait, you're trusting me with this. You want me to marry you? Like that is the craziest thing ever. And just watching that, I was like, I can't believe that I like can hundred percent relate to this experience. I know I was going to ask you about that. And yours was a little different, by the way, this is like a real, this is like a real Vegas wedding. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't writing a fucking 20 page ceremony, <laughs> but she was introducing them to Shania Twain. So I guess <laughs> we all have our perks. Wait, something that we need to talk about immediately is Kim having a lip tattoo. That took me out. And what about the video from Post SNL in the pink jumpsuit? Nothing has ever thrown me off more in my life than Kim pulling her lip down. Sometimes Kim does something. I don't know if you ever have this phenomenon where it's like, I know factually I'm hearing this for the first time. Like I know for a fact that we have never heard about Kim Kardashian having a inner lip tattoo before. But there was this moment that I had when she pulled it down to show it where I was like, wait, did we know about that? Because it's like the, the idea of her revealing something that's brand new information to me is so foreign that like for a second, I gaslight myself into thinking like, I don't know, that kind of sounds familiar, but like it it doesn't. We factually did not know about this. No, as far as I'm concerned, this is brand new information. I truly do not believe that we knew that or we're supposed to know that. 
I know there is probably a small piece of our credibility that is lacking because in the premiere episode, we were talking about how we couldn't believe we didn't know about Chloe's whale fear. And everyone was like, guys, you did know about this. Remember the prank from Keeping Up where they put blow up whales in her room, which like, of course, once people said that we remembered it. So I know part of this is that we happen to have terrible memories, but I truly do not believe we ever knew she had a lip tattoo because by the way, SNL was very recent. And so we would have remembered that because it would have been recent enough that we would have known about it. So my final verdict on that is we did not know and we're not supposed to know up until this moment that she had a lip tattoo. Maybe it is. I think it is the memory thing. Like I don't, I literally do not trust my own memory. No, that's a huge piece of it. We already didn't have great memories. Like it just wasn't something that was really working in our favor. And I'm sure the weed has not helped. I recognize that, but listen, love myself inedible and it's not stopping anytime soon. So I guess we run the risk of repeating ourselves. I have to tell you, I've been like this my whole life. Yeah, I, I kind of have too. I would say that I'm very observant, but I don't always remember the things I observe. <laughs> and by the way, you know what the best part about the memory thing is? Mm. When we lose it completely, watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians from season one <laughs> is going to be literally the ride of our fucking lives. <laughs> no, that's going to fucking hit different. I thought you were going to say that we get re-excited about things because that's also real. No, no, no. That totally too. But I'm talking about like in a in like 30 years. Oh my God. No, Holy forget shit. about it. Forget about it. Can, the don't be fucking rude scene is going to slap. No. All right, moving on. Just one final note on this. When Kim looks at the camera and says, yep, I finally put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. It's like, yes, please reference those lines that have become so cemented in pop culture. It just brings everything so full circle when they do things like that. There were a couple of times throughout this episode where that happened. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. 
And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, we now move on to Chris and Howie Mandel, how he's helping her create this hologram. I can't go too much into this. I'm not going to lie to you. I still get a little triggered by Howie in the post-Sandoval interview era, not because I'm still bothered by Scandoval. Like I really do feel it's water under the bridge. It was just the way he conducted that interview was so off-putting to me because of the lack of preparation that went into it. And I don't know. I didn't realize that I was so bothered by it. And then I saw him on my screen and I, I am just being honest. My reaction to the scene was not Howie specific at all. It was just like, I just don't really need to dignify this whole thing with a response. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Okay. We now are on Kim air. Kim is taking Chris and Lucas's entire family to Vegas Already it's tens across the board. Like nothing, this could have been the rest of it. It could have ended here and I would have been thrilled. Agree. Chris asks her, do you think you have one more wedding inside you? She goes, I don't know. I think I go back and forth. He goes, I will say, I think as long as I've known you, I feel this is the best you've ever been. She's like, just calm. I'm in a calm place. He goes, you look amazing. You're in control of everything. You have the kids down, the business is down. And I don't know. I just feel like you're in a good place. She goes, so maybe that's when it's good to invite energy. And in her confessional, the producer says, where are you into your two years of wanting to be single? She goes, hmm, when did I say that? The producer says, it's probably been a year. Kim goes, okay, so we have a year to go. I think that would be really good for me. Not looking, they seem to find me, but I'm not looking. I'm like, no shit, they seem to find you. Can you blame them? But you know what? This is exactly what we were saying about the Kim and what she is looking for now in this era of her life is entirely different than what she would have been looking for in the Kanye era, in the pre-Kanye era. She is an entirely different... There are so many things about Kim that are so the same. There is like a comfort to how consistent she is, right? Like there are things that she says where I'm like, you would have said that in 2007 and you're saying it now and it brings me so much comfort to know how little you've changed in certain areas. But like overall, Kim's a different person. I don't know if I want to say a different person, but she's just such a more evolved version of herself. And a lot of that comes from the sense of security. Yeah. There's so much on this. I mean, in terms of this particular scene, they're kind of then just talking about making relationships work. And Lucas asks her, you know, how do you make it work when you're busy as hell traveling around the world? And she's like, listen, as long as you're secure in the things that matter most, and you could be away from someone for months, but it makes the time together so fun and so special and you really miss each other. And she says, the number one thing that's so important in a relationship is a teammate. And when you find your person, hold on tight and work through things because you want to go through shit with someone and know that you can. And when she pulls up her manifestation list about all the good qualities, and she says in her confessional, you know, this list is ever evolving and she won't stop until she hits every single one. She's reading some on the plane and she says, someone who calms me and drives me wild, no airing out our dirty laundry. By the way, that was another thing that I felt was very like Kanye coded in terms of realizing she didn't want that. A person who accepts you and pushes you to your highest potential. And then she says, and manifesting is one of my talents. So watch out world. 
Yeah, like a lot of that is very Kanye coded. It is. And I don't even mean that in that she's so pissed at him where she wants to make these little digs without actually calling it out. It's not even that. I more so mean if she was making her list pre-Kanye, the idea of having someone that doesn't air out your dirty laundry wouldn't even be a thing. Of course, it's not something she would want, but she wouldn't think to write it down because that's not something you think to write down unless it happens to you. Right. It's just a given. Right. It's, these are things that were informed by really negative experiences she had with someone that she never expected to have those negative experiences with. Like, It's not until Kanye is tweeting about private conversations he had with Chris that Kim then realizes how important it is to have someone who doesn't air out their dirty laundry. It's like unbelievable the way that he has really just played a role in terms of her creating this list for what she wants going forward. No, I know. The other kind of side plot going on here is that Kim forgot to invite Chloe after initially inviting her. So Chloe's sitting at home and Kim's like, okay, we'll get there. And then I'll just have the plane come back, pick you up. Chloe's like, one, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. But second of all, and she says in her confessional, like, yeah, I'm sure Kim will say, no, it's fine. Just, you don't need glam. Just throw on sweatpants and come. She's like, but I know Kim. I've known her her entire life. She is going to show up dressed to the nines, all decked out. And like, I'm not setting myself up for failure in that way. When Chloe is saying, like, I know Kim, like, she'll say, no, 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 I'm not wearing anything. Like, I'm in sweatpants. Like, just come however you are. And then you come and she's, you know, in a fucking ball gown. Like, it's not how I feel about you in the sense of, like, you're never dressed any differently than I'm dressed on any given day. But, like, it is exactly how I feel about you when I text you and I'm like, I'm just warning you, I look disgusting. And you're like, no, 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 I look disgusting too. And then I like arrive and I'm like, you look exactly how you look always. <laughs> and I factually look disgusting. Like I wasn't kidding. Like I know when I look disgusting versus when I don't look disgusting. Like I am very capable of differentiating between those two things. And as are you, you know when I look disgusting versus when I don't look disgusting. But when you say it, I'm like, why? I'm like, are you trying to be relatable? You kill me when you say this. Do you remember us screaming at each other in Nordstrom over this? Yes. Because I'm like, I am warning you right now. Like, I, I did not intend to see anybody today. I was like running errands. Like, I just looked gross. Like, I looked gross. <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 I do too. And I look at you. I'm like, there is some disconnect here because like, I, I'm actually genuinely concerned that you think that there's a difference between how you look right now versus how you look literally every single day. You're like, oh, no, no, no. I, I haven't had a blowout in like a day. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like mentally, I cannot do this. <laughs> I was oh, yelling at you. I was I like, know. I'm not doing this. Like, don't tell me you look disgusting and then let me show up looking disgusting and then you look like that. Guys, POB, we're literally standing over the Jeffrey Campbell shoes, like screaming at each other. No, I, okay. We don't have to get into this now. I, just generally speaking, there is definitely a disconnect with the things that I pick up on myself that I am really critical about and then the what you will say that you're seeing of me. And I know we were just having this conversation of like everyone is their harshest critic, but I do feel like we specifically really differ on that because you, it's, it's to the point where I sometimes am like, is my perception of myself that off? Like how are yes. we having, how, well, I don't know. That's, that's a deeper conversation we can have with my therapist, but it, it, it's just like that we get really into it sometimes I feel like. Julie will sometimes literally, I feel like this happens a lot with, um, with pictures. I, I can't do this right now. I actually can't. No, we don't have to get into it, but it is, it is, there is a, something that goes on there for sure. Also though, no, hold on. I just want to say, I'm not saying that there are not days where like 
we look better or look worse, but I will never think that you look as bad as you think you look. Like I, yes, that, that particular day I was like, okay, I understand. Is it your best day? No, but you're like, I look disgusting. And I'm like, you look adorable. Like, would I love this to be the day that you run into a guy you hooked up with? No, but like, do you look adorable? Yes. Actually, we have to move on. I think you are beautiful and perfect exactly as you are, just so you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, other thing I just want to mention here is <laughs> Kim surprises them with Shania Twain and like fucking love when Kim is such a fangirl and she is such a fangirl and them standing up there. The whole thing was just perfection. Were you bawling? I was losing it, obviously. Same. The reason that I was honestly getting emotional wasn't wedding specific. It had nothing to do with that. It was more so, and I've said this before, but to reach a point in your life in the way that Kim has, where she can make these types of experiences happen for the people she loves the most is to me, like the fucking ultimate goal. You know, like there, we always say this, yes, getting gifts feel amazing, but giving a gift genuinely feels better. And that's not like a holier than thou thing to say. Like, I think most people would agree. Like when you give someone an amazing gift or an amazing experience, or you pull off a surprise, it is the best feeling ever. Like it is just factually better than receiving a gift yourself. And so I, there's a part of me, it's, I wouldn't say that it's envious. It's like, I'm so inspired and motivated by her ability to do that for the people she loves because on such a smaller scale, like not even a comparable scale, I love doing that too. I obviously just like, can't do it in this way, but like, I, I want to be able to. And so like, that's motivational to me. Like, yeah, maybe one day I can like fucking surprise my dad with like a, a, you know, solo concert of his, like, I don't know, something crazy like that. Like how cool would that be? You know, it's the best thing in the entire world to be able to do. I felt, I felt that like from being able to give my mom a surprise party, which was like so fucking amazing and special. And all of her friends and all of our family was there. Like it was literally incredible to be able to do, but the ability to do that and to give somebody a surprise party in that way is not something that's like necessarily unique. Like it felt amazing. And I'm so happy that I was able to do that for her. It was literally the best feeling in the entire world to see her that happy. But it's not something that like I can only do for a specific reason. Like Kim can only give Shania Twain because she is Kim Kardashian. Like the ability to do that is just, it's it's so insane. It, it, it's crazy. It's what we say with Kim and the kids on, on these incredible trips. It's like, Yes, there's there's a lot that you can say about it, but just at the end of the day, the ability to do that and like to kind of use your your power, quote unquote, in a way that is so special for the people in your life, like it literally doesn't get better than that. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada 
For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Okay, so we are now at the Little White Chapel. Kim officiates the wedding, pronounces them married. We see the whole thing go down. Obviously, we had seen some of this on social, but to really watch the ins and outs is, of course, something I'm more than interested in. And in her confessional, the producer asked, do you still believe in love? And Kim says, of course. I would be the Grinch if I didn't. It's so fun falling in love. It's the most fun thing on the planet. I'm getting married at the Little White Chapel. It kind of looked fun, no? That is what I'll be doing. We then have... Chloe at the gym, Kim coming to the workout and, you know, them kind of just joking about how Kim forgot to invite her and Chloe's kind of, <laughs> the expression I'm going to use is busting her chops. Isn't that, isn't that what you would call this? <laughs> Where'd you get that from? Your dad? <laughs> but the part of the conversation that, you know, does have more substance is when Kim is joking, but very serious about Chloe really not leaving Hidden Hills. And she says, like, we call her BTG Cokes, like behind the gate Cokes, and how it's such a big deal for her to come out, which I think also for Cam, it's like, how am I going to fuck up the one time Chloe actually wants to leave? Which is why, of course, you know, they now plan this trip to go back to Vegas. I have to tell you, the fact that this episode aligned so perfectly with me and Isabel coming back from Vegas and having the exact same conversation with you about, like, no, we have to go back. Like, that was Kim on the treadmill to Chloe. That was literally me to you yesterday. No, I know. But by the way, like something that I felt like was a little unfair of Kim in this episode is like, it was a little gaslighting to Chloe. It's like, here's Chloe that said to you before you went to Vegas, like she actually wanted to go this time. Like she actually wanted to be there for Chris's wedding and you forgot to invite her. And then she's sitting in her gym and she's like, well, you know, Chloe, she never leaves Hidden Hills. Like, right, Chloe, like you're like an inv- you're like a dog with an invisible shock collar. Like you can't go beyond the gates. And Chloe's like going along with it, but also like Chloe wanted to leave. Like you, she, she wanted to go. Like, why are you, why are you acting like the reason she didn't come to Vegas is because she doesn't leave Hidden Hills. <laughs> right. Like that is true, but you also forgot to invite her. <laughs> like, let's just call it like it is. Right. Anyway, that was just a, a great scene all around. Moving on to Chris and Howie Mandel and this whole hologram, which again, I'm not trying to dignify this with a real response, but the moment to mention is when Chris and Chloe see each other and, and, Chloe walks in and she's like, oh my gosh, it's Todd Crane's. Just love a reference. Love a Todd Crane's reference. I told you, we got a lot of those in, in this episode. Yeah. Okay. The thing that I will say about this scene with the holograph or the whatever the fuck was going on here is that like there was something very comical about it, but just in like the nature of it being the most Chris Jenner thing in the entire world because none of it made any sense that she still had to be standing there while actively doing this whole thing. So she couldn't be two places at once. She had to be one place, but behind a screen. Like it was just so Chris Jenner and Chloe's like, so instead of coming to my 
photo shoot, which is the thing that I wanted you to do. You set up this completely illogical thing to play a prank on me to prove why you could or couldn't have been at my photo shoot that you absolutely could have been at. Yes. (laughs) And Chris is like, correct. (laughs) Yeah. 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 God, I love her. Anyway, we are now back on Kim Air. Kim, Chloe, and the crew are going to Vegas for Usher. As we know, Kamora is also making an appearance as a former star of an Usher music video. And the whole thing was just exactly perfect. Specifically, like I said in the intro, ending with Kim looking Usher dead in the eyes and being like, this was great. Had the best time. Would love to stay, but have to get back to my spray tan. And he's like, literally the episode ends with Usher being like, have a good tan. Like, no. that's hilarious. It, it is absolutely hilarious. And she says to him, okay, see you at the Met. I loved that moment too. Loved all of it. Loved every single second. I had so much fun recapping an episode that I didn't even think there was that much to recap. Thank God we like each other so much. Yeah, I guess. Seriously, imagine like you hate your co-host and then like you also have to recap a pretty anticlimactic episode. Uh, this was us fighting, by the way, because we didn't walk home together. So <laughs> this is as close as we'll ever get to understanding that. Did we ever say on the podcast... CBM, or we always just say, couldn't be me. <laughs> what made you think of that? Because I just said oh, a second ago. couldn't be fighting. Yeah. Do we ever say that or we just say, couldn't be me? I don't think we've ever explained that there was an abbreviation or like a, a, an ongoing saying about it. Okay. Well, just as a side, like <laughs> we use the term couldn't be me all the time. And we now utilize the acronym CBM. And I just am putting it out there because it's a really good thing to add into your rotation, like in a text group with your friends. It really just hits. So I just want to mention that. I can't wait for the day that people start catching on and are DMing us certain things and being like CBM because I know that's coming. I know that's coming. And also, by the way, you know it's the real ones because if if you listen to the whole episode, first of all, if you listen to a Kardashian episode and then you listen to the whole Kardashian episode, it's like, okay, so now you're you're inner circle. Yeah, duh. You are so in deep if you're... if you're here if you're here okay well we love you guys thank you for listening thank you for letting us do this and we'll see you next week let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.